he has to be the best sidekick. He killed the villain. Yeah, he did <laughs> killed Mother Gothel. He tripped her. He was like, like <laughs> is that not talked about more? Right? He literally trips her out the window. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's funny because that scene literally takes like, they show it for a second. He just like pulls, what did he, what does he pull with his mouth? It's the hair. The hair. And she trips and she's out the window. Like they show Pascal for two seconds. Like he just dead ass killed this lady. <laughs> Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spill and Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking Tangled. Tangled. Picture this. It's 10 years ago today. You walk into the theater. You found out that there's a new Disney princess movie. Who is it? It's Rapunzel. But they named it Tangled? What? Are we intrigued? Yes, we are. Go into the theater, come out, and we're in love. And we're still in love today. Happy 10-year anniversary, Tangle. Happy 10-year anniversary, Tangle. Happy birthday. I cannot believe it's been 10 years. Right? It feels like... Honestly, it's Tangled is so funny because it's one of those movies that feels like it happened yesterday, but also like it happened like 20 years ago. Yeah, I feel like it, it's, it feels so modern, but it also feels so timeless. Like I feel like it's always been there, even though yeah. I know it hasn't. Yeah. It's crazy. Hey everyone, welcome to Spill and Dis Tea. This is the podcast where we sip and spill on all things Disney. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Grab yourself a cup of tea and get ready to dive with us into the world of Disney. So, what's going on in life? Also, our podcast birthday episode is coming up. Yeah, that's true, eh? Um, we put out our first episode on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so don't forget to wish us a happy birthday. Yes. As well as Merry Christmas. Yes. What about you? What's going on in your life? Yeah, just just working and also working on music and, you know, just trying to do some behind-the-scenes stuff for the podcast. Um, you know, trying to keep myself busy in yeah. what still remains a quarantine life. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get snow. Yeah. So that's just as depressing as... <laughs> Having to be inside all day when the days are short. Yeah. (sighs) But you know what? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) We're almost at the end of this godforsaken year. And soon it will be... We'll see. I'm not going to jinx anything. Do not put this in the podcast because I don't want people coming for me. I'm really excited for 2021 um, because, like, the way I'm looking at it is I'm looking at this, like, new world that we live in. So I don't really see anything being an obstacle next year. It's just, like, figure out how to get around it. But everything will still or will be accessible to me. I'm manifesting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I'm not worried about it. Only got to put out good vibes. Yeah. If you want good things to happen. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I think the whole theme of 2021 is going to be manifestation. And hopefully Disney releases some freaking content. Watchable content. I know. Not Mulan. Well, why don't we get into our steep of the day today? Okay, let's do it. If you didn't catch on, we're doing Tangled today. (laughs) And since it's Tangled's 10th anniversary, it just passed on November 24th. I thought it would be interesting to kind of go... We've had the movie for so long and it has become such a huge cornerstone for Disney. Um, It's become a very, very successful brand for them. But I thought it'd be cool to kind of go back in time to see kind of the origins of the Rapunzel fairy tale through Disney history. Yeah. And to see kind of where it went and then how it ultimately became the movie we all know and love today. The story of Rapunzel, which uh, was written, it was published in 1812 by the Brothers Grimm. Walt Disney had wanted to adapt that story for a very long time. He was trying to do it in the 1930s when he was developing, like, you know, Snow White, Peter Pan, all the classics. Um, But they just felt they couldn't get a good story out of it because she's in a tower for most of the movie. (laughs) And then when she leaves the tower, the movie's over. Yeah. So... 
it kind of was shelved indefinitely until Glenn Keane, famous Disney animator Glenn Keane, he picked the idea back up in around like 1996. Um, he was kind of just like trying to play around with it and try to crack the story on his own while he was working on other Disney films. And eventually they went into production and it got picked up. But at the time, the animation studio was led by Michael Eisner. And Michael Eisner had a very... um, (laughs) (laughs) He had a very... I'm trying to... What's the word for his outlook? He had a very commercial outlook. Okay. He saw everything through commercial... Lens. Lens, yes. He saw everything through a commercial lens. And at this time, the Disney studio, this was the early 2000s, so Disney wasn't really what it used to be. Um, The Renaissance was over. Um, CG animation had taken off, and that was kind of the prominent force in the industry. Yeah. Shrek had come out and kind of totally switched around what a fairy tale is. Like, really, Shrek was this huge game changer. Yeah. So, it just felt like traditional fairy tales weren't the way to go anymore. So, um, Michael Eisner, he convinced Glenn Keane to make it... Well, first of all, Glenn Keane really wanted to make it hand-drawn as a traditional animator, but he was encouraged <laughs> to make it um, a computer-animated film. Mm-hmm. But the whole, like, vibe of it was just totally different. So, the film that was now in development at the studio was called Rapunzel Unbraided. This was a, like, Shrek meets Enchanted kind of thing. Yeah, so it was interesting because I, like, literally just learned about this today. And it's... It's really interesting because, you know, you talk about how Shrek was like really switched the game. I think it really like paved a way or not paved the way, but like it fit really well with the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I think all of these other animation studios started to kind of like follow suit. You know, when you think Disney, that's that commercialism that you speak of, like, that's not at all what you think. So I thought it was really interesting kind of, like, seeing what this movie was supposed to be about. Unbraided, what's her name? Essentially, this girl, Claire, is, like, what is she? Is she just in? She's, like, in a fantasy world as Rapunzel. Yeah, she's from San Francisco. Oh, yes. So she's from San Francisco. It's her, and she has a sleazy pizza man boyfriend. And... They, I don't know, guess something happens, there's a witch, and like, bam, now they're in Rapunzel land. She's Rapunzel. He's the prince. Rapunzel. And then Rapunzel and the prince become woodland creatures. Yeah. What is this concept? <laughs> it's very bizarre. <laughs> it sounds very Shrek. It sounds like, like it doesn't make sense. Like, it's not supposed to make sense. Like, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And even in watching, you can see, like, the previs is online. Um, there's tons of concept art, and it just looks very, like... DreamWorks meets Barbie. Yeah, like, it's yeah. It's this weird vibe. Yeah, just not, does not feel Disney. Disney at all. And at this point, um, Kristen Chenoweth was Rapunzel, <laughs> which is crazy to think about because that's such a different character than what we ultimately got entangled. Um, and I guess Reese Witherspoon was signed on, but she left due to creative differences. I mean... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think she was liking where oh it was gosh, going. Oh, my Reese and Kristen were beefing. But imagine you sign on to play the next... The next Disney princess. Okay, but there's no way that they pitched it to her as the next Disney princess. She, They must have known the concept. There's absolutely no way that she's signing on to a movie and she doesn't know the concept of the movie. Yeah, but they could have pulled her in because it was like Disney's doing Rapunzel. And then she was like, yo, I'm going to be Disney princess. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, so after Michael Eisner left the company um, and Bob Iger came in, They were kind of just, like, revamping the whole animation studio because they were like, this is not working. Um, So that's when they acquired Pixar, and then the leadership from Pixar kind of went over to Disney Animation. It was like, okay, we need to fix this because (laughs) ain't nobody saw Chicken Little. Um, (laughs) Look, I saw Chicken Little. (laughs) In theaters, too. Ain't nobody but Sigourney saw Chicken Little. (laughs) So um, Glenn Keane was encouraged to make it a traditional fairy tale again. So he went for this. um, It was a much darker version of the story. Rapunzel was mostly in the tower for most of the film. There was like a war. There was this like unrest in the kingdom of Corona um, after she was taken. Um, So that was like another conflict of the movie. It was inspired by like the the, um, Rococo 
um, style painting. Yeah. It was going to be this kind of like hybrid of 2D and 3D animation. Um, and I think they were already developing this for when it was unbraided as well. Um, but ultimately, they, it just didn't look good enough. Like, it, it just wasn't ready to be seen. So they just went to traditional traditional CGI. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I wonder how they got from, let's make a Shrek-style comedy parody film to, like total drama dark theme like ever, like how i like i want to know how that how that path switched and why they thought that you know making a dark movie would sell well mm-hmm. especially as a disney princess i'm really curious because i wonder how much of this was like previs yeah versus how much got like animated you know yeah because it could have been, like, Glenn Keane could have been, because he's an artist, right? He's going to come up with something very, like, um, like very rich. Yeah. And he could have developed some of this. But, I don't know, I feel like it was pretty far along in production. And then when he had his heart attack, he had to step down. Um, and then the new directors were, uh, were put on for the film. And then it kind of changed the direction again. But it is interesting that they kind of went from this very, like, cynical, like, parody film. Yeah. And then they kind of went back to the comedy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's Or, like, I don't know if it's the comedy. Well, there is the comedy, but it's just, like, the relatability. Like, it's just so with the times, you know? Like, the jokes hit. They make sense because they're... They, they reflect the humor of society at that time. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, it's just, it's so, it's easier to connect with, you know? Yeah. I think it was ultimately the right way to go because Tangled really showed Disney arriving in the 21st century, I think, for the yeah. first time. Um, and it was, like, everything that Disney stood for plus more. And they had, like, adapted, I think, finally. Because from beforehand... And we'll get into this maybe later on with uh, the discussion, but it felt like Princess and the Frog was them trying to hold on to the past, whereas Tangled was them still having, like, a foot in the past, as they should, but moving towards the future. And, like, I, I part of it's superficial because one's computer animated and one's traditionally animated, but I just think Tangled really is what, like, set the the formula going forward it did you think they had that in mind to have tangled really be that base i don't think or do so. you think they were just like experimenting still at that point yeah i don't think tangled was really at least from the way that i remember it being marketed and even how i look back now like i don't think tangled was built up to be like a huge thing no like not princess at all. and the frog was like frozen and moana i think were with like marketing because there was already hype behind disney at that point yeah. But Tangled kind of just, like, came from yeah, there. Yeah, it came and stole the show. And no one knew it was, like, a Disney princess movie. It was marketed in such a unique way. Yeah. It was very DreamWorks-y. No music was featured at all. The yeah. marketing was really bad. I mean, like, I guess it was good because it got butts and seats, but, like, it makes the movie look really bad. Because, you know what, I don't think they were expecting to to see the returns that they got from the film. They are probably yeah. basing it off of Princess and the Frog numbers. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was they were expecting that big of a success. Yeah. Because immediately after Tangled came out, um, it was, like, it was like put. It was it was basically integrated into like the parks and everything right away. It kind of took them by surprise. Of these um, movies, which one do you think like you'd be interested to see? Oh, definitely darker. Mm-hmm. I want to see Bastion. Yes, Bastion. Can we talk about Bastion <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. No, let's get into that when we talk about Flynn. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, darker yeah. would have been cool. I just think it's a really interesting concept for Disney to explore. It's just not very Disney, so I'm interested to see like how that actually reflects. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like the way I was expecting the live action Mulan to be a serious version of the other live actions. Mm-hmm. I I'm thinking darker would be a more serious version of the other animated films, but I have more faith in animation. Or the Disney Animated Studios. It would have been really cool to see it. There's, like, the concept art is just, like, I go into, like, a wormhole. Um, because the Art of Tangled book is just amazing. So I, like, will read that whenever. Yeah. Um, but the uh, artwork, like, if you just Google it, it's just, like, 
So there's her with like a crossbow and like there's just like so many cool designs. It's just so interesting to wonder what could have been with it. Yeah. Literally though. We should talk about the title change. Oh yeah. So um it was originally gonna be called Rapunzel, even after Glen Keane stepped down, but they changed it pretty late in the game to Tangled. And it was kind of like a big thing because a lot of people were like making fun of it. They were like, it's like calling Little Mermaid beached and like <laughs> things like that. Um, it, it's, it's just very modern. It's very modern. And yeah. I think that people were afraid of how modern it was because as a Disney princess film that is coming after all of these Renaissance classics. Like, of course, naturally, they're going to do the comparison. Princess and the Frog was literally a model from the Renaissance era. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess they're, like, tangled. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was, like, a totally new direction. And the way they marketed Tangled was definitely not the way... I don't think they would have marketed it that way if Princess and the Frog had done better. I think they would have played up... Yeah. The music, they would have played up the fantasy. I agree. And then it's interesting because after Tangled, we got Brave. And then we got Frozen. And then we're seeing this trend of this whole, like, one-word princess association, overarching story, some type of thing. And then we're back to Moana. Mm-hmm. So it's like Disney. Like, did you not? You, know, you had a whole it thing going here. Well. Yeah, it didn't, didn't test well. He didn't like it. Yeah, and we have Raya. And then Raya. Exactly. So, but then there's Encanto. Yeah, which resurrects it. Yes. And I will say, I think, like, Tangled kind of, um, it's not the first, because I guess Enchanted was the first one to really do that. I guess. I guess. But Giselle's not an official princess. No, no. But, like, just the way that that, like, that marketed the film. Yeah. Because, yeah, the whole marketing for Tangle was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the directors claim they changed the title because um, Rapunzel and Flynn are equals in the story and that it's not more Rapunzel's story than Flynn Rider's story. Um, that's what they claim. But then a lot of people assume that it's because of marketing because the word princess made Princess and the Frog like less appealing to little boys. This is stereotypically back in oh, 2009. Yeah. Um, and then that's why they made it Tangled. When we look at, like, the statistics of, like, Tangled, like, I do think that there is a significant amount of boys that watched or prefer Tangled to Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. But do you think the title change was enough to, like, really boost those numbers? I don't think so. I think it it's like just how the film was marketed. Bias. Yeah. Well, like, if the film was marketed... <laughs> it all comes down to marketing at the end of the day. If it was marketed as Rapunzel, but still marketed the same... Like, if it was marketed the same way as it was marketed in the trailers, but it was still called Rapunzel, I think it still would have been as big as it was. Yeah. I don't think the name affects that much. Like, if Princess and the Frog was marketed like Tangled and was computer animation... Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people don't like 2D animation. I think that's the main reason... Um, not that they don't like 2D animation, but, but that 2D by then animation, it was outdated. It's just it's it it doesn't draw in as many people, unfortunately. I I hope it comes back. I really hope it does. It might. I don't think it'll come back the same though. It might come back like augmented somehow. Yeah. Well, I think like on um, on Netflix they had the movie Klaus, which was that kind of hybrid. It was like the Paperman style mm-hmm. of 2D and 3D, and I think that's probably what it's going to be like. But at least it's something. Something. Gives people jobs again. I think, like, Tangled kind of works for the movie, and Frozen does. It's just Brave that really I don't understand. Brave is, like, it. it's not formulaic, so it's really hard to compare. It's, <laughs> like, I think that's our issue with it, is that not only did we not enjoy the movie, but it's difficult to compare to other princess movies because it just doesn't really fit, you know? It's kind of like shoving a puzzle piece into, like, the wrong slot, and it's trying so hard to make it work, but it it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Disney. It doesn't feel like Pixar. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of there. (laughs) Yeah. No offense, brave fans. No offense. Let's get on to the main discussion. Yes, yes. So travel all the way back to 2010. Um, Do you remember, like, first hearing about the movie, like, your first impressions of it, what you saw? 
Yeah, so I actually didn't hear Deadly Squat about the movie. I had gone to see it in theaters with my family, and I think, like, we just wanted a movie night, and that just happened to be, like, the movie out. I'd probably seen, like, <laughs> like trailers on TV, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, like, new Disney movie, like, let's go watch Tangled, you know? Because at the time, my sister was three. She was a baby. Three? In 2010, she was two or three, two to three, around that age. And so, of course, you have to go watch a family-friendly movie. And I just thought it was, like, like crazy that I had gone into this movie with, like, not low expectations, but just, like, I just, we were going to the movies. I didn't really understand what I was watching till I sat there and I was like, oh, shit, it's Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And like from that point forward, I was just like mind blown because I just I had no idea what I was getting myself into. You mm-hmm. know, I I don't know what it was like if it was the marketing or if I was just like not, you know, like looking actively at Disney at that point. I don't know, but I just didn't know anything regarding Tangled. Yeah, yeah the marketing was like just so bizarre for it. For me, at least at that point in my life, that was like. A point where Disney would just like suddenly have new content, you know. It's not like I was I, I didn't start following them till like later on in my life, mm-hmm. like way into like my late teens. So at that point, like they were just like boom, tangled, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know. What about you? Um. Well, I remember seeing like trailers and stuff like that. I think. Um, but I didn't really have any, like, I didn't, I wasn't, like, really into Disney at that point, so I didn't have any desire to go see it. Like, my family wasn't really big on going to movie theaters anyways, so I think we, like, streamed it one night (laughs) on, like, a website. That was me with Frozen. And, yo, you know, it's sign of the times. Yeah. Yeah, and it was good, and I remember I really liked it. I think we had to, like, like we watched, like, half of it, and then we went to sleep, and then we watched, like, the second half, like, the next morning. (laughs) But I remember I really, really liked it, and then I was a fan from then on. I think the first thing I remember seeing from it was there was a Beauty and the Beast Blu-ray that we had, and, you know, they show, like, the trailers on it, and there was one, and it was just, like like, a zoom into the tower, and I was like, oh, like, shit, they're making a Rapunzel movie finally. <sighs> because Rapunzel was always my, like, favorite fairy tale for some reason. And... I know, me too. It, I, There's just like, something about Rapunzel. And it's not even that good. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like, she, like, it's, like, she just in the tower. Like, her... Well, I'll get into it more, like, when I talk about her character. But there's not much to it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some general info about the film. So it was released on November 24th, 2010. It had a budget of $260 million, which is the most expensive animated film to date. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. I think the average budget for an animated film is about like $180 million maybe. It's all her hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the film made $592.4 million back. So it did pretty well. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a lot more than Princess and the Frog. So. <laughs> yeah. So then you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it probably does include like bits and pieces from the previous versions of Rapunzel. Yeah. It has to. That, that budget's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a high budget. I think it's in Especially the- for a movie that they weren't pushing that much that marketing was relatively minimal for yeah um and yeah it was received very well it was it became super popular um and it kind of brought disney into the 21st century it was definitely like a new new route and i kind of want to get into this like a little bit here because i think tangle really is um, the start of this new era. I think it's crazy to think about where Disney Animation was in mm-hmm. 2010 um, versus where they are now in 2020. Worlds apart. I know. It's crazy. I know. It's insane. Honestly, watching animation styles go from era to era is so fascinating. And, you know, I'm feeling like the end of 
this era, it has to be coming soon. You know, what are, what's the average length of a Disney era that we've that we've seen as a trend in the past? See, that's the thing. Like the Renaissance was 10 years. Um, the Dark Age was like over the course of like 20 years. You know, they're all yeah. different. And usually what defines uh, like an era is the success and the level of success that these films get. Yeah. Um, and Disney just continued to be successful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do we think that this is just going to keep going as it is? Like, is this going to be a long era? Are they just going to keep milking, like, this formula that they're using? Because it's, it's doing wonders. I feel like they're morphing, though. I feel like even though they're, we're, we're, we might be in the same era, um, the film styles are still different, you know? Like, yeah. I think... Um, Moana is very different from Frozen, which is still very different from Tangled, and they have their own identities. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they just keep trying, like, different things. But, yeah, it's still, it still sort of stays within the same design. Yeah, I agree. And then even just, like, looking at Tangled compared to Raya, like, those, like, totally different. Yeah, I think Tangled was really Disney's first success since like like of that magnitude since like the lion king at least yeah um because it really it was popular and it it just it it i don't know i don't really know how to describe it but tangle just brought disney back and it's it's pretty admirable because it's so unexpected because like we were talking about before tangled was such it just felt like such like a throwaway, like just the way that they were marketing it at the yeah. time, at least as to what I can remember. It just felt like it was just like, it, it just felt like there was not a lot of support. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of like build up or lead up to the film. Um, you know, when you look at princesses like Elsa and Anna, Moana, even Tiana, like they were marketed as princesses you know disney was saying look guys there's a new princess coming look at us and they didn't do that for tangled um and i and i i think there's something so beautiful about how the movie itself just kind of like slowly went behind the scenes but just ended up on top anyways because like it really just stood for itself Mm -hmm. such a good film yeah yeah and this is the first princess film that's in computer animation which is Disney really, this was their first step into animation, or this was their, their first real serious dive into computer animation because this is the first time that they applied one of their most lucrative and beloved brands, the Princess brand, and put it into computer animation. They were going like full force um, yeah. with it, you know? Because that was a big thing, having like a CG princess. Yeah, such a big thing, honestly, because it's, you know, the... The entire princess table roundup is all 2D. So then to see this CGI princess, I mean, I guess we can't say we didn't see it coming because of the trends that were happening in the film industry at the time. But to see Disney do it and the at the quality and level that they did it and, you know, also getting a princess out of it, getting some music out of it getting some cool characters out of it. Like, you know, like, they just did such a great job with it. Mm-hmm. is very much like an event film, you know? Yeah. Like, it was like, you have to see Tangled. Yeah, I feel like, and then, like, who hasn't seen Tangled? Everyone. Like, Tangled is definitely one of those films that you know, even if you're not a Disney fan. I think it's the perfect combination of being a traditional Disney film, but being modern. Mm-hmm. And it has the right level of magic and adventure. Um, and I think it, they, they did a really good job at targeting to um, to everybody because you have, like, the fantasy, but then you also have, like, Flynn Rider's, like, a really cool, like, Indiana Jones kind of character. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's something for everyone, like, no matter what. Exactly. Um, there's action, there's drama, there's romance, there's music. Like, it's just, it's great. Everything everybody wants to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much, like, everything. Because I don't think Tangled isn't, like... Sorry, I know this is super, like, broad talking about the movie. But Frozen did a lot of groundbreaking story-wise, mm-hmm. I think. And um, was very progressive in the way that it portrayed its princesses. But I think Tangled was kind of just Disney taking everything they know how to do, everything that they had done up to that point that defined them as a brand and putting it 
into computer animation, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's great because that was already a huge thing. And doing it well, too, because it's gorgeous. The Do, doing it so well and, and really setting the bar for its competition. So far, no other studio has been able to put out a CGI film to the quality that Disney has. You know, well, I mean, I'm not trying to come for, like, Pixar or DreamWorks or anything, but, like, like definitely not Pixar. Pixar is Disney, so they're two in one. But, like, you know, other uh, other studios, it's just not... You know, come to me when you make a Frozen, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think even Pixar, like, even though it's it's different than Disney, Disney and Pixar have a magic to them. Yeah. Maybe that's because Disney is now, or Pixar is now owned by Disney, but... Yeah. yeah. But Pixar still evokes that magic, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and it's it's the only magic, it's the, the kind of magic that only Disney can do, you know? Exactly. It's hard to, hard to pinpoint it. I really love art books. I think I mentioned them in a previous podcast. I have The Art of Tangled, and it is one of the best art books ever of all time. The style in this movie is great, and I think that's, like, one of the things I love the most about the film is it was inspired by the golden era of Disney movies, so not so much trying to be, a, like, the successor of, like, a an Aladdin. It was more kind of in the vein of, like, Snow White and Cinderella, where it's this more, like, low-key laid-back fairy tale aesthetic. Um, and even you hear that in the music as well. It's <clears throat> It very much weaves in and throughout the story, and it has this guitar motif that plays throughout the whole film. So it keeps it all within the same world, but it's um, it's not as, like, jarring as Frozen, and it's not as commercial. Yeah. It's, like, a part of the story and a part of the world that it creates. They took inspiration from Fantasyland at Disneyland, so it very much has that like fairy tale feel in it. And you know, when you think of you know Rapunzel as a character, um, any iteration of her, she has that that fairy tale aesthetic. You know, looking at where her her tower is and the magical forest that's always around her. You know, like it's always the same, like scenery, landscape, whatever world. And it, it was really cool to see Disney bring that to life but like explore it in a modern way Mm -hmm. you know like we've seen this entire landscape so many times but the way that disney used the plot to explore it so much more interesting Mm -hmm. ruffians thugs poison ivy wicks and well you know that but specifically the ruffians and thugs and then we go out and we meet the ruffians and thugs at the snuggly duckling they did a really good job at creating a fairy tale world in this movie. Yeah. So let's get into some of the characters. Starting off with our, I was going to say titular character, but sorry, Ponzi, they did you dirty. Rapunzel, she is the definitive Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. You know, like... It is what it is, not even just younger generations growing up and seeing her as Rapunzel, but even just, like, for us and older generations, like, she is the most, not even just culturally significant, but she just is the symbol now. We we all know this fairy tale, but it's like now we have a, a strong character that we want to be the definitive character. You know, so it's just so easy to like attach to her. Yeah, and not only that, but Disney also produced the best iteration of Rapunzel. All the other ones that we have seen is that classic damsel in distress princess. She always has to be, you know, saved by her prince. But no, in this case, her prince comes up into her tower and she knocks him out with a frying pan. And we just get this cool, badass character that's still like a traditional princess, you know, kind of giving like, like Fiona vibes. Do you prefer short hair Rapunzel or long hair Rapunzel? Um, so definitely long hair Rapunzel, um, long hair blonde Rapunzel. And, you know, I know that her hair is only blonde because of her powers and that's not authentically what her hair color is, but the blonde was doing it for her. You know, the brunette blonde look kind of draw, like makes her look drab. <laughs> You know, in my opinion, plus Flynn with the botch cut, like, you know, at least, you know, give her something to work with, like something that a stylist could like touch up, you know, but no, no, he, I don't even know what her hair looks like now and it's not going to grow back. 
Yeah. Because you see when she's a baby, that little piece that Mother Goth will cut is, like, not growing back. She still has that piece. Yeah. She's stuck like that. I mean, you know, maybe whoever's down in the palace can give her a nice pixie cut. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, it's very 2010. Uh, Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, like, don't mind her with brown hair, but I just feel like... I feel like like you don't mind her with brown hair because you watched her with brown hair and Tangled the series, so you're used to it. No, she was blonde in most of the show, though. She's only, like, brown in, like, a few episodes. Oh, okay. Never mind, then. (laughs) I really like that they give Rapunzel the painting skill. Mm. And in my art book, I was reading that she is painting the walls because she's, like, painting the walls away. Um, and she's been painting the walls ever since she was a little kid. So yeah, like she's painting, but she's kind of like painting away the walls. And in When Will My Life Begin, when you see her like painting that mural above the fireplace, that's the last place that can be painted. So her next step is that she has to leave the tower. Mm. So I just really like that. I think that's a really cool I love that. Way they I love it. attention to detail and I love like organically building the story like that again that's what i'm saying like disney taking this this classic fairy tale and just adding these these elements to further build rapunzel mm-hmm. in just such a night such a great way i think mandy moore is a really good choice <clears throat> i think on paper originally i probably would have been skeptical yeah. But she does such a great job as Rapunzel. She, she did. She killed it. Yeah. For sure. The voice casting for everybody yeah, was spot on. All across the board. Yeah. Zachary Levi, he's great. Uh, speaking of Zachary Levi, let's get into to Mr. Eugene Fitzherbert. Eugene. And Flynn Ryder. Eugene. <laughs> Love Flynn. Yeah. Flynn is great. He's like literally sculpted to be the perfect prince in the time that that movie was presented. Yeah. You know, like, again, like, it's just, it's just so cool to see how, how Disney literally took their classic formula, but made it modern and it worked. I do remember them talking specifically about asking women, like, what their type is. Mm -hmm. And they produced Flynn Rider, who was sculpted to be... Like, the perfect... The perfect man, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Especially since previous iterations of him was a pizza man. Yeah. Pizza delivery boy. Whatever whatever he is, he's greasy, is essentially <laughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> Back in Rapunzel Unbraided. Yeah. I think he has, like, a great design. I really like the the final compromise that they got for him. And I think he's just, he's a great character. They really give him a lot of depth in the film. They give him a backstory. And I think the approach to having them as, um, like, as kind of co-stars of the film equally is a really good... I It just works for the movie. It worked so well. Yeah. So well. And, you know, I love it because it's like, even though the movie is from Rapunzel's point of view, it's Flynn Rider telling the story. So, again, like, another way that shows that they're just so both equally involved in the overall plot that they, they balance each other out. The movie couldn't be the same if they both didn't play that amount of role that they did. Mm-hmm. And they have a great chemistry. They're, they're a really a good couple together. Such a good couple. Definitely, like, I'd argue the best couple. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But they fleshed them out. They definitely fleshed that relationship out. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to talk about Flynn Rider's origins. Oh, Bastion. Bastion. <laughs> he was originally going to be named Bastion, and he was going to be English. Um, so Zachary Levi actually auditioned with a British accent for the role. Like for Bastion? Yeah. Okay. But then like later on in production, they changed it. But yeah, we could have had Bastion. Imagine he's telling everyone like, "Um, oh, I'm about to be Bastion," you know, and then one day they call him. They're like, "No, you're Flynn now." He's, he's like, like, "Oh, oh. 
Flynn okay. Rider is just a cool name too. Like that's yeah. like an action hero. It's oh, so cool. And it's just, you know, the whole, my real name is Eugene Fitzherbert. Like way to get him in the guts, you yeah. know, like it's, it's insane. Everything about Flynn is just so appealing because, you know, he is that like that bad boy archetype, but he still has like a soft heart. Mm-hmm. Everybody's watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I really wish Disney like marketed Flynn more. You know, because he's such a cool character. That's the thing. I feel like if they put more effort into the marketing for Tangled, they could have marketed Flynn on his own. But mm-hmm. I think they kind of just threw Rapunzel in with the princesses because she's a princess, and then that's just where her marketing came from. Yeah. Pull See, that, that's why I kind of want to go on a little tangent for a second. Yeah. Because I think the Disney Princess franchise is great, and, like, of course, we all love, like, everyone loves Disney princesses, and it's cool to see new Disney princesses added, and, you know, the Rock Breaks the Internet scene is dope. But I think sometimes it's a detriment because... Imagine how how cool it would have been to see more, like, just, just see Tangled kind of more fleshed out, like, as a film. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, like, with, a, with the Disney Princess franchise, they kind of just take the princess and then that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. Um, where I feel like there's so many different characters in the film that just get sidelined. Exactly. So then, yeah, moving on to the next most significant character, Mother Gothel, Gothel. my personal queen. She is absolutely everything, really giving Cher vibes, Mm -hmm. you know? So how can you hate? Is she designed after Cher? Yeah, I'm Okay, like she has to be. Yeah, killing it with that dress, hair always well i guess she's only always popping because of rapunzel yeah and like you know we know she is the villain but uh i said this in like the villain episode like the best thing that i found about her is that she does what she does because she quote unquote loves rapunzel and wants to protect her and that's what she tells rapunzel and you know all rapunzel can do is believe her because that's her mom for all she knows And Mother Gothel is only really caring specifically about her hair. You know, I've seen posts where they outline like different times where you can very much see that Mother Gothel is like, like caressing her hair or talking to her hair when she says certain things, you know, when she does, she's not necessarily talking to Rapunzel. So I think it's just so fascinating that Disney went deep enough to like really psychologically play with that relationship and what that would look like. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, they did. I have to commend them for that. Like, I love a well-thought-out villain. Mm -hmm. I think Mother Gothel is also an interesting villain because she's another villain that doesn't have any sort of superpower. They're just human. Um, And even though she, you know, like, uses Rapunzel's hair, like, she's a normal person. Yeah, Um, and I think that's really interesting because in the original tale, like, her role, she's a witch. Yeah. So assuming she should have powers, but I, I I like I like it like this. She's clearly a woman who who wants power, but because she, she can't have it herself, she has to use a child. Yeah, it it kind of grounds the film more in reality. Exactly, because there's not as the only magical aspect of the film is Rapunzel's hair, which is interesting because when you compare it to like Frozen or any other predecessors there's usually kind of more fantastical elements yeah yeah and then yeah like i kind of want to talk about like rapunzel's hair powers in general essentially like like you said it is grounded in a sense where yes rapunzel does have powers but she's not doing anything like ridiculous like like elsa shooting ice from her fingers or, oh, yeah, Moana's crazy, too. Like, the water is literally just, you know, doing whatever, you know? Like, these are such, like, big, like, magical abilities that is being represented throughout the movie. But with Rapunzel, she's literally just reversing time. Overall, it looks like she's healing. But, you know, looking at the healing incantation, flower gleam and glow, let your power shine, make the clock reverse and bring back what once is mine. She's literally just reversing time to when things were good again. So, again, like, but she's her like power... reversing time, like, for that specific... Yeah, like... like okay. So, it'd be, like, reversing, like, Flynn in time. Yeah. When he was... Okay. Yeah, so essentially what she did for, for Flynn was... She just brought him back, like, a couple, like, um, probably a minute before. That makes sense. Yeah. Because that's kind of, like, 
be like healing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, something interesting about Mother Gothel is that her wardrobe is based off of um, clothing from like hundreds of years before Rapunzel's uh, wardrobe was supposed to be based. Because that was made to so- sort of show the difference um, yeah. in time period and kind of further show that Mother Gothel oh. does not belong. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. How old is Mother Gothel? Like hundreds of years old. We don't know because she turns to dust. Yeah. Whoa, that's insane. Oh, I've never really thought about like Mother Gothel's actual age. Yeah. You know? Me either. When I was younger, I thought that it wasn't that, like I thought like, I thought she like found the flower like when she was old, like when Rapunzel was born. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I didn't realize it was way before that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she's... I, I like her as a villain. Like, I, I don't think she's quite on the level of some of Disney's, like, greatest villains, but I really do like her. And I think that she has a great song. And I also kind of like villains that are, you know... I'm kind of sick of villains that are all about wanting power and taking over the kingdom, because that's just been done so many times. Yeah. So I kind of like that they gave her a different motive. Yeah. yeah. Moving into the true hero of this movie, the true knight in shining armor, Mr. Pascal. Pascal. The he has to be the best villain. (laughs) (laughs) That was a twist. Oh my god. Okay, no. He has to be the best sidekick. He killed the villain. Yeah, he did <laughs> killed Mother Gothel. He tripped her. He was like, like wait, not like, soon enough. Why <laughs> is that not talked about more? Right? He literally trips her out the window. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's funny because that scene literally takes like, they show it for a second. He just like pulls, what did he, what does he pull with his mouth? It's the hair. The hair. And she trips and she's out the window. Like they show Pascal for two seconds. Like he just dead ass killed this lady. Yeah, I mean, she was going to die anyway. Yeah, but, like, well, it's nicer to think that Pascal did it. Yeah. Well, nicer, um, not nicer, but <laughs> more entertaining. a vendetta. <laughs> more entertaining. Pascal, where does he, like, rank on your Disney sidekicks? Oh, he's, like, definitely, like, top three. I love Pascal. I love that he's just, like, so minimalist of a sidekick, but just so prevalent at the same time. Yeah. You know, I like most dis, like princess sidekicks don't do that much for them. Like when you think about like like Flounder disappears half the movie and like Cogsworth. Co- oh, that's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I think of Cogsworth as the first one? Cogsworth. Well, no, I was gonna say like Raja. Oh, yeah. Just, like, they're all just chilling, you know? They're not really part of... They're literally just, like, someone for the princess to talk to. But Pascal... Pascal is more than that, you know? And not only is he someone to talk to, he's, like, emotive. Mm -hmm. And he adds to the plot. And then he killed Mother Gothel. Yeah. The best. I'm happy he didn't come on the adventure, though. He would have gotten lost. He did come on the adventure. Where was he? He was on her shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) He was there the whole time. We didn't do anything on the adventure. No, then. but that's was... why it's perfect. It's like you said, it's minimalist. So like, well, I thought she left in my home. In... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's there at the campfire. Oh yeah. And he's there at the lanterns. Yeah, yeah, because he's like doing like the faces right. Yeah. What is wrong with me? Let's get into the other animal sidekick, Maximus. Maximus, oh, the best Disney horse. Yeah. Well, next to Khan. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Khan and, and Maximus are probably the best, yeah. I just love the concept of Maximus. I found it so interesting, particularly his relationship with Flynn Rider since the beginning of the film mm-hmm. um, and how that turns around. It's just like it starts off so like we need to run and get away from Maximus. You know, it has that feel to it. Like, we're good, we can't get caught. He's the one that's coming. Like, we have to avoid. But then once, you know, I guess Maximus kind of, like, agrees to, like, stick around for a little bit, that's when that relationship with Flynn Rider changes. And it's just, it's so, it's such a great dynamic to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it just shows, like, again, like, another sidekick that's just so emotive and adds dynamic to the plot. 
Yeah, all done without words. It's perfect. And mm-hmm. I think those are the sidekicks that I like. I tend to like those ones better than... Cogsworth. Yeah, than the speaking, like, Olafs of the world. Although they have their moments, I will say. Yeah. But yeah, he's great. He's like a bloodhound. And that's probably because he was based off of the bloodhound from mm-hmm. the earlier incarnations. Um, but I just, like, it's so over the top and, like, cartoony. But, like, it works in this world. And it's yeah. so funny. Well, Pascal and Maximus, I guess, were, like, popular enough because they got their own, like, Tangled Ever After, it's their wedding, but it's, like, their own side plot. Yeah. But, like, the thing is that, like, they're, it's, like, interesting because it's, like, I don't usually like watching sidekicks just do stuff on screen without the lead characters, but it was, I liked following Maximus and Pascal as they were chasing the ring, you know? It's funny. Like, it is it's funny. It's really well done. It is. And, like, although I really wish I could have seen Rapunzel, like, in Flynn more, like, what we got is great. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so let's talk a bit about the music. Yes. In the film. The music is good. Mm-hmm. It is really good. There are so many songs in it that I, I quite enjoy. Um, when, we work at Ma- when we worked at Mastermind, there was plenty that were played on loop. And I enjoyed it, you know? But when you think about the the music that that Tangled produced, it's not necessarily, like, showstoppers, the way that Frozen has put out, that Moana has put out. It's it's very much, like, a soundtrack that that works well. Or, like, I guess, like, the song, the individual songs just kind of, like, flow with the score. score. It just kind of seems like... When the characters do sing and break out in a song, they're just kind of like, they're emphasizing a part of the score a little bit more, um, just to add a bit more drama to it. And then it just kind of weaves back out. So it all feels like one consecutive story. You know, I feel like if I just listened to the, I haven't just listened to it. Have you? You probably have. Mm-hmm. Just listen to the entire thing, like chronologically. Yeah. Yeah. And like the story is told. Yeah, it's, like, one cohesive story, um, and it just sounds... And, like, you were saying with the score, like, it's very much... Um, it has this... It has a musical identity, and I think a lot of people don't really pick up on it. Yeah. Um, but it has a motif throughout the entire the entire score, um, and it, like, utilizes a lot of, like, guitar strumming, um, and I just think it creates this whole, like... It just... It feels so right in the world of Tangled. Yeah. And it's this... Very, like, warm fairy tale vibe to it. But I definitely don't think Tangled is really known for its songs, like... Yeah, no. Definitely not. I think that Tangled has produced a lot of good Disney music, but nothing that is necessarily stand out um, in comparison to other Disney songs. Like, yes, it'll find its way on a Disney playlist, but it's not, like... I'm not like, I need to hear When Will My Life Begin? Or I need to hear I Got a Dream. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Like like I will actively play I See the Light, though. I will say that about that song. Really? I love I See the Light. One of my favorite songs. Interesting. Yeah. It is a really good song. Yeah. It's very... And it took me a while. Upon first listen, like, it just... It took me a bit, but, but by now, it's like... Has a really nice it. build to it. It does. Yeah, Tangled wasn't try like I don't think like Tangled's not known for its music, but I don't think it was trying to be known for its music. It wasn't manufactured and created in the same way that Frozen and Moana were. Yeah. Where like music was like really in mind, like this is gonna be a musical. Yeah. Whereas uh Tangled It was more was so just to help the plot move along. Yeah. Where does like the Tangled soundtrack rank for you, like among Disney soundtracks like somewhere mid average it's not like again like we said like it's nothing standout it's not bad per se but there are definitely um soundtracks that you know they sat there and crafted yeah and not to say that they didn't do the same thing for Tangled but it's definitely not the same like emotion that they're trying to evoke Mm -hmm. and that they're not pulling the listener's ear like they have with other songs you know so, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I think so, too. I think I used to like them more. 
Um, but I probably put them somewhere in the middle because, like you said, I'm not going to turn <laughs> "When Will My Life Begin" on like as a standalone song. Yeah, yeah, as I would for like other other movie music. Why do you think Tangled did better than Princess and the Frog? Yeah, no, I think it's because with Princess and the Frog, they are only a year apart, but they look like a decade apart. And that's because they took the formula for the Renaissance era, applied it to Tiana, and they didn't do anything to it. You know, they literally made a formulated princess. And it's so funny because, you know, Tiana is the the most, the newest princess that's closest to to the time that we are in now. But with Rapunzel, you know, yes, it is a an old time story, but the way it was executed just sat really well in 2010. Mm-hmm. It was like, again, like crafting Flynn, um, the type of humor that they used, um, you know, a brand new animation style, the classic tale, like it just, it works. You know, they tried a bunch of new things that they obviously researched because it just worked so well. Whereas with Princess and the Frog, it's it feels like that should have been back closer to Mulan, Pocahontas area. And that's kind of when you notice, like, Renaissance starting to tip off. So, you know, times had changed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So, Tangled. I think I've kind of figured out why... The, this is my interpretation of mm-hmm. it. Why, why I think Tangled works for the movie is because I feel like you have Rapunzel and Flynn as two equal sides of the story. Yeah. Their plots start off completely different. Like, they have their own... Their own motives, motives dreams, dreams yeah. their own world. Like, they're not connected at all. They're their own lanes, doing their own thing. And if they hadn't met each other, they would have won, you know. Yeah. They meet, and then their paths get tangled together. Wow. Yeah. Brayden just cracked the case. And then, obviously, the hair for, you know, marketing and... <laughs> Tangled. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Like, simple. I wonder if that was the pitch that they used for whoever suggested Tangled. I really hope so. Because it makes so much sense. I love it. It just feels like there's more thought put into it than something like Brave. All right. So I guess just ending off, my final thoughts of Tangled is well done. I love Tangled. I think that Disney really went and tried something new and they made it work you know they not only did they try out a new animation style but they really were trying to revive the princess franchise even though the princess that they brought back tiana didn't do as well they still wanted to try and keep it going i love to see what they did with a traditional princess how they brought it back to you know the times that you know that it did come out back in 2010 and just you know, just everything about it is so great. I also love, you know, looking at like the history and like what it was supposed to be and, you know, what they've done with the characters. It's just, it's so fascinating. It's just like an, a genuinely enjoyable movie. You know, it's not tacky. It's not over the top. It's perfect. You know, such a good movie. I love it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I agree. I think um, Tangled Definitely is a movie that feels so nostalgic, yet so fresh and new. Um, I love the animation, the voice acting. Tangle is just, like, always a good time to watch. Like, it's just, it's a good, fun movie, and it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. It just has everything. I think they did a really good job at cracking the story of Rapunzel and bringing it not only into Disney, but into, like, the modern world. Everything felt so organic. Nothing felt gimmicky. And it, it was... It was great then, and it's great now. Uh, And I'm glad that it's kind of slowly... It was a slow burner, I think. Um, But now it's definitely, like, seen as, like, a Disney classic. And I'm very happy it is. Um, And I give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Yeah. I think it is quite a shame that Rapunzel's Tower at Walt Disney World is restrooms. And... Oh. Yeah. Like, you go to her tower, and you're like, oh, what's here? And it's restrooms. Like... Y'all couldn't have at least done a meet and greet or something like that. Um, That's so mean. Yeah. I I mean, at least she has something, I guess. It's restrooms. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a cool spot. There's, like, a recharging station, too, where you can, like, sit and just chill. So it's a cool, like, atmosphere, but it's kind of misleading. 
Like, if I see Rapunzel's tower, I'm like, oh, something tangled. I don't know. It's probably because she's, like, the... I don't say, like, not the smallest, but it's not, like, a gargantuan castle. It's just a tower. Yeah. One other thought for the end of this is I think that they should reinvigorate the river cruise that was supposed to go into the Germany pavilion and they should bring a tangled ride to mm-hmm. Germany. Um, I'd say a snow white ride, but there's already one in magic kingdom. So I feel like diversify it, put a tangled ride in there. Yeah. It would be a lot because you'd be building it like from scratch, but you know what? I think it would be worth it. Yeah. And it would bring some attention to the World Showcase. Oh, yeah. Everybody would love that. Yeah. Because yeah. then you'd have Frozen, Tangled, Moana, Ratatouille, and then maybe Coco in Ratatouille. Mexico. That's like a good Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, and Nemo. I can't forget Nemo. <laughs> All right, well, that's it today for our take on Tangled. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did talking about it. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Apple. Spotify. Spotify. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. And if you would like to share your thoughts on today's episode and topic, please be sure to shoot us an email at spillinthisteapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and leave us a review and share with all of your friends and fellow Disney fanatics. You can also reach us individually, myself at Sakura MJ. And you can reach me at Braden Rosman. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, play, play us out, Zach. Zach.